This is the Infinite Podcast with me, Øystein Rabbe, and Ulf Tønderflitti. We are two Norwegian guys exploring the infinite, the spiritual realm, the, the, the deep wonders of life. And we're here to share it with you. And in this episode, I'm traveling on a, on a road trip in California. It's actually a spirit quest. I'm writing this book, Finding Malibu. A book about exploring the deeper journey of who you are. To, f- to see more about the book, visit FindingMalibu.com. In this episode, I'm talking to Cheyenne Regan, a filmmaker in L.A. that I met on this journey. And she has a really interesting story to tell. We're talking about the power of a story and storytelling and how she found filmmaking as her path. You know, storytelling is what really shapes us. It is easy to underestimate the power of storytelling and how much it actually affects our inspiration, our, our path in life, based on what influences you have around you. She decided to be a role model and to take life in her own hands and create her hero story. Without further ado, this is Infinite Podcast. With our guest tonight, Cheyenne Regan. Enjoy. Welcome to this podcast, Cheyenne. Hi. Hi. It's so good. It's so good to meet you today. Yes, I actually am excited to know you. Yeah. <laughs> And we are now in, what's this part of? It's called Whittier. Whittier. Yes. Yeah. It's a, actually a Quaker town. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think it was like founded in the 1800s. Um, but it was based on the Quaker uh, sector of Presbyterian uh, type of Christianity. Uh-huh. But the main guy who founded the place was a poet. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting because uh, arts is an important aspect of this city. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard Nixon actually was a president. He yeah. uh, went to Whittier High School. Oh. Um, Back to the Future was filmed in Whittier. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few little mm. fun nuggets yeah. uh, that influence the world. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and you just invited me into your home. Yeah, we have, just, we have spent some hours just talking and connecting, connecting about interesting stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so so can you, send you can you tell the listeners something about yourself? Yeah, I am a trained uh, screenwriter, producer, director. Um, I love all things sci-fi, fantasy, mm. um, adventure. Um, but what's the most exciting aspect is our life, yeah. you know, living it. What does it mean to be human right now? That's what excites me the most. So what, what does it mean to be human right now? You know, it's evolving. Mm. And that's actually what my film's about is human evolution. When you look at it as a whole, um, because we are at a critical stage, I think, and you know, just being present earth, you know, where we're adding climate change. Like, Mm. what is it to be human? I mean, 
before we were guardians of this planet. And that meant we were one with animals. We mm. like, you know, were farming the land. And now we have machines that do that for us, you yeah. know? So we're losing our connection to having a purpose on a physical aspect of earth. So it leads you into the mental aspect of mm. what is it to be human now, yeah. you know? So it's a really big yeah, question, I, actually. I like that. That's, it's like, it's easy to be negative about all like all the mental issues and all kind of questions that comes up as a, as a, as if it was better before, you know? Right. But actually, we are in a time now where all that baggage and all that stuff has to come up because we have space for, to do it. It's yes. not just about physical survival anymore. Right. And that's where we're at. And I think yeah. that's why we are having so many issues around the world because we haven't honestly asked ourselves that question. Mm. You know, where do we go from here? Yeah. I mean, we see war so much. We see terrorism. We see fear. But yet there's so much opportunity to really take a good look at ourselves and say, what have we accomplished? Like, mm -hmm. what have we learned? I mean, <laughs> we now have a way to communicate with every single human on this planet, thanks to the mm -hmm. internet. <laughs> yeah, that's I quite mean, amazing. We, there's things that were created in myths long ago, the Tower of Babel, which we all spoke one language. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's communication. Yeah. And yet we're living in it right now and we're afraid of what's going to happen. So mm. I just think that it's such an interesting time to be an observer mm. <laughs> as a storyteller yeah. um, and to allow the downloading of information to see how do I visually communicate that to give us hope to where we're going. So what do you mean when you talk about downloading of information? I mean that if everyone hasn't heard already, there's an idea, the collective consciousness, um, the ether, there's many names for it. Mm. But there is this stream of information that gets put like seeds into multiple people's minds. And we kind of have an idea of what needs to be said, what needs to be visually shown. And it kind of gives us direction, like an internal GPS. Mm. But it's it's listening. It's being prepared and ready when that download comes. Yeah. What do you do with it? Mm. You know? And so I think that's the the many layers for many people that are being called to live their purpose is for this moment. Yeah. You know, whatever form it takes, when you have that seed planted, you need to fulfill it. Mm. You know, you need to manifest it. And so I circle back to the question, what is it to be human? Because many people, you know, they're looking for a direction, a different direction, a different yeah. way than how our ancestors or even our own parents is, you know, one generation away. We know there's something in us that's saying there's a different way. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that time has come. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how we we often in coming into that insecurity or the uncertainty of realizing okay something needs to shift or seems to change mm-hmm. but how we still so often still look backwards to see what did work before right hoping that will work again right even though we want a new way to do things or yeah, and I and I don't think anything's wrong with reflection or yeah. you know looking back at the at the past. I think history has is a great tool to learn from our mistakes. Mm. Um, I think it's important to still know how to do things like simple yeah. things like grow your own food. Um, but it's more the idea of time, you know, mm. like at least in these the last two generations, you know. Mike, my daughter, she's 13. She has never, you know, seen a farmer before, you know, like Mm -hmm. when I was a kid in the eighties, you would still see farms in urban, you know, LA, like you'd see strawberry field, you see orange groves, that's all gone, Mm -hmm. you know? So we're not even witnessing anymore how our food is made, you know, um, how, the creation from earth fuels our body what is called food like we don't we have this huge missing gap of information visually that kids aren't getting anymore so to look back and to see like what are we missing you know we get we have milk cartons and kids just know this is a liquid you drink but Mm -hmm. they don't even see the process of it coming out of a dairy farm you know like there's a lot of missing information. So if these kids are evolving into that direction, well, does that mean in the future food's not going to be necessary? Mm. It's an interesting question. That's an interesting question. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's showing them like, well, we don't need to know how it works or what, where it comes from. Mm. So is this a, a point of evolution, this moment that I'm recognizing my daughter's generation may in the future in 50 years might not need food? Yeah. Science. I like that that, uh, thinking. (laughs) Yeah, science may evolve and maybe they come up with some sort of pill that gives us all our Mm. nutrients and Mm. that's all you need, sunlight and water. (laughs) Yeah. And a pill. Mm. And a pill. (laughs) I mean, that would definitely (laughs) save um, a lot of carbon footprint, Mm. right? If you had to eliminate all the farming communities. Yeah. So that's that's the question. What Mm. is it to be human and where are we going? I mean, I'm also obsessed with science and space, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> right now, space races are a different type from the 70s. So mm. We're talking about individual space travel. Mm. That's exciting. Like, that stimulates me wanting to know, wow, am, in my lifetime, am I going to be able to touch the moon? That's yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. And that's a possibility. <laughs> There's, mm. I think, people right now, and I think Virgin... Um, they had, I think the first trip recently where it was a man mission, but I think they just left the atmosphere, but it still was just personal travel. Mm. Like that's crazy. That's That's like, we're living in the future. We're the Jetsons. But is it like when you get out of the atmosphere, then you can, because I just, when it's mentioned it, I was thinking that, okay, we down here on earth we try to reduce you know every kind of carbon true that. but when you get outside maybe then it's okay or how does that kind of mm. well i guess unless I guess, you're gonna live yeah. on a ship the whole time then i guess it doesn't matter all yeah. those gases and lots of things we don't obviously mm. know as normal knowledge yeah 
Um, but maybe in the next couple of generations, that will be normal knowledge. Like, mm. okay, if you're going to leave the upper atmosphere, like, be prepared. You can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, this will be like a, like you're getting on a plane, you know, like, mm. these are the rules. This is what you can eat or not eat, you know. Yeah. Don't yeah. open a window in a plane, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I know a lot of people are, look negative about the future and climate change, but I just see it as another chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can always choose to have a healthy approach or like a positive approach or not. It yeah. It depends on how you look at it and what you look for. I'm sure people in, you know, every decade, I'm sure they thought the world was going to end, mm. you know? Yeah. And then it's just a new chapter. It's just a new chapter yeah. or a shift of power mm. um, or new technology comes in. I mean, just a hundred years ago, we had a car, you know, like, yeah. and now it's so normal, mm. but the first people were probably like, what are you going to do with that thing? Mm. <laughs> that is true. It moves wow. by itself without horses. Yeah. So who knows what's coming in the next hundred? Mm. Probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Science is very exciting. And that's mm. why I'm, I love being able to just every day you know try and conceptualize worlds that can communicate to other people where are we going mm. i mean i actually watched this really cool master class of uh, aaron sorkin he's a screenwriter mm. um his he has great stuff um one of his is the social network which is the facebook story yeah. um but he said that steven spielberg actually reached out to him and said hey I want you to write something about Mars. You know, mm. we need a story that's saying of how people are going to live, even in the direction, like even just the journey to get to Mars. Mm. Like we need someone. And that's because Spielberg was reached out to someone from NASA saying, wow. hey, we'll find the money, but we need someone to tell this story. Mm. So wow. it's interesting that, in order to create a reality, the yeah. storytellers need to find a way to communicate it to the masses. Mm. That makes sense. That's manifestation. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're going back to, you know, the ancient ways of creation. Mm. I mean, that's what always comes back down to is the story. Mm. How did it, how did you find or realize that you wanted to tell stories and make film? Um, I would take it back to my first year in college. I was set to be a lawyer. I was pre-law major and I took one acting class as, um, you know, just the extra classes you can take to get an easy A. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember the professor saying, okay, you know, go get a playbook that represents you and that you'll be able to have a monologue, which is acting out just a single, you know, couple verses. And um, I went through the playbook section and I was looking for something that fit my character, which is I'm Mexican-American, I'm a woman, <laughs> and I'm looking for a hero story. And yeah. there was no stories for this character. Mm. And I thought, well, that's upsetting. Mm. <laughs> um, so I reached out to the professor and I said, hey, you know, you have Romeo and Juliet, you have all these great um, Brighton Beach memoirs. I love this story. I love this play. 
but is there any Mexican-American women leads like in plays or stories? Mm. And he said, no, I, I'm sorry, I don't own any of those. He's like, we can probably check back with the library and see if there's any, but right now it's all experimental. Um, but I'd encourage you to go find one. Mm. And that, I mean, just driving home, thinking about, wow, I, I've created my identity up to this point, wanting to create justice for people like me. Yeah. But what, what does it even matter if we don't even have first wanted to be a lawyer, right? Huh? I wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So if I couldn't even find a story that is going to be in my subconscious to tell me that I can be a hero, Mm. how are we ever supposed to be, you know, how are we supposed to really create justice in the world? Like if we've only seen ourselves as these characters that other people that have made their hero stories have placed us in. Mm. And that like, you know, that was a huge uh, reflection point for me. And I knew in my heart, I said, I need to write. I need to create my hero story for Mm. others that look like me, that, you know, come from, you know, our ancestors and where we walk. And how do we find that hero story? We have to create it. So that's what shifted my entire life. And trust me, a lot of people were not happy about it. Mm. <laughs> I had volunteered a lot of hours already um, with judges and courts and studied a lot. And um, I just knew I, I had to do this. So started off as a writer for theater because I didn't have any um, people that I knew in film at all. Mm. Film was not even an idea. Mm. <laughs> and then because of my writing in theater, then I started directing for theater. And then my um, director at the time said, you know, I really think you write more visually and I think you should try writing for film. Mm. So then I went to law school, I mean, uh, film school. (laughs) That's the old Cheyenne. Uh, Film school at Cal State Long Beach because I knew that's where Spielberg went. Mm. And Spielberg was the hero. So um they say follow your mentor you know Mm. and he's my virtual mentor so Mm. that's how it all began and ever since then i've all my scripts um i have five feature scripts i have multiple tv show ideas i have three animation pilots and they all have uh latino leads Mm. and coming from my world yeah so universal storytelling, but um, with people that look like me. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, ex- I'm excited for that next journey of mine to go into feature films. But um, so far with my short films, web mm. series, music video, I've done some fun things independently, but yeah. now I'm ready to yeah. step into the big, the big oh, world. That's great. <laughs> And I love what you say about storytelling and how the power it has on yes. creating, yeah, yeah creating pos- the possibility of, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So why stop with, you know, just an individual story when you can, you know, show the world a mm. new life, you yeah. know, this could be the new world that we've all been looking for. Mm. Well, someone has to write it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> someone has to create it. That's true. So yeah. True. And where can people find something that you have on that? Like you have a series that is online? Um, right now, I mean, my website has uh, the films that are available to mm. show or um, the shorts that I've done. So that's ccreagan.com. Yeah. My initials, cc, Cheyenne, Sharice, um, ccreagan.com. 
some of it is not available because I have contracts with mm. SAG actors, mm. which of course is amazing to work with professionals, yeah. <laughs> but there's rules. So, um, but for the most part, you can get a good sense mm. of where I'm going. Mm. And so that's where I'm looking forward to my big budget sci-fi new adventure films um, that will definitely make you question. And uh, I also actually want to create a new genre called mm. uh, quantum realism. Quantum realism. Yeah. Can you explain that? <sighs> it's, it's more or less using theory, quantum theories and exploring it on film and storytelling. Mm. Like, mm. how do we experience... Um, antimatter how do we experience um, imaginary time how do you know I would love to be able to have those as like a background yeah. theme and then use it as a way to create um, you know the things that are in theory right now so mm. that's what I'm, I want to create a new genre mm. <laughs> love it. It's perfect. Oh, so I uh, mean, but that's what I'm obsessed with. I'm mm. constantly every day it's like from <sighs> I have books on Einstein that I'm just reading about his life, the way he looked at the world, to reading about Tesla, to reading about the science that's out right now, science magazine journals. I mean, it's it's what fuels me. So yeah. If I can embed that into my films as just mm. part of the setting mm. and it's subconsciously weaving into your brain, like, yay, I succeeded. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, and like like we talked about in the car just now, how like I see for myself as well, coming from television and film and Yeah. Which is and, a yeah. crazy I didn't know that about you. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and how I've seen until I realized what I actually was um, interested in, in like the curiosity for life, yes. exploring all the spirituality, yes. the meaning of life, all the deeper aspects, trying to look for who is actually me and all, yeah. all of that, you know, but yeah. before that I was just obsessed with, uh, with uh, the medium that film was and the industry and all this kind of, trying to reach the top of that mountain mm -hmm. without having, I also remember like I, I wanted to do more. There was different f phases. Like when I fell in love with film, mm -hmm. I was still a teenager and I made a lot of films just for fun, you know? Right. And it was so great. Uh, I see that phase like yeah. looking at a machine, right? Yeah. And you see this like a beautiful car. It's like a beautiful mm. machine, but you can't, Unless you drive it, right? You don't really understand the yeah, machine. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it's like that face. I, I just fell in love with the whole thing. And I realized also, because I also got a lot of re encouragement around it because the things I made was yeah. was kind of uh, at least not that bad, you know? <laughs> I but, would love to but, see your stuff. Yeah. And it's and also, cool because it's it's I know it's our past, yeah. but you could still see like you know I'm yeah, sure I can like, navigate and see mm, where you're going. Yeah, that's just probably true. Yeah, and I realized also how how courageous I was back then in sense of just like some of the movies I made was kind of I got funding from Norway. Oh wow! To travel to Serbia to make a film that Amazing. had and then the 
screenplay was written by by an american that i got to know on the internet wow and there was a danish guy <laughs> writing the music for it oh and there was a norwegian guy writing the kind of end credits with lyrics and everything and i was like all of that was done with zero budget other than um i got money for the tickets to go to serbia okay um and other other films i got connected on the internet have different yeah. people helping out all for fun and for free you know yeah and then i went into the industry and everything got so serious, you know? Yes. And I had so much to prove, so much to live up to, all these kind of things. And yes. I, when I look back at it, and when I look back at it, I realize how the kind of the creativity just died, you know, gradually. Yes. And it became a business and a job and a, a chase for something. And then coming out of that, I realize now when I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm no longer kind of attached to create a career in film because it doesn't it's just a tool you know yes uh, it's just uh, a machine yeah, one, one machine I, you can use yeah exactly so now i see how i can use that tool to tell something or yes. to show something or yes that's, that then i suddenly have something to tell not just absolutely something to prove, you know so that well and i think that's what's the most amazing part of social media that we live in the social media world you mm. know we're talking about like short content of seconds now. I mean, it yeah. takes us really back to the, you know, the oil renaissance paintings where it's just one frame, but mm. it tells you so much and it's so powerful. And I think we're going through this like wave right now of like trying to deliver content and how, yeah. you know, how much do we really need to tell a story, you mm. know? And I think that's where having or learning the machine of film in this media industry is an amazing like, tool that you know you have access to because now you can use it on so many different platforms i mean that's transmedia mm. now like you're talking about yeah. <laughs> like, you're gonna go from book ebook to podcast i mean this is mm. transmedia you're yeah. doing it i remember when i started in television it was right before it was in 2006 and people started talking inside industry about you know linear television is on its way out yeah so maybe our jobs are over. <laughs> that, not, non, no people said that, but that, yeah. that was a fear that was exactly. hanging in the air, you know? Yeah. And just see where it went after this, like with social media and everything. And I really do think it's still yeah. a wild west. I really yeah. think um, because of the internet, YouTube actually specifically, mm. it changed the game. And I think a lot of people are still trying to figure that out. I mean... I'm working yeah. with executives and, you know, everyone's now Netflix or Amazon, you know, mm. like people aren't even looking at theatrical distribution anymore. You know, mm. it's all about how many followers does your star have? You know, like I've heard yeah. casting that's just based on their social media, you know, levels. Mm. And yeah. that to me just rips out the craft, the art itself. Yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> like, wait, are we just, is this just all now walking products, mm. you know? Um, so that's where I'm, I'm holding on to the past in the sense yeah. of wanting to create art in this digital age, but, um, that's where we have to evolve. Yeah. We have to find the art Yeah, makes sense. and we have to and find the stories. There are this, you know, information is, there's more and more information coming. There's more and more stuff around the stuff yes. so to speak so also that the whole thing about rating something for instance like okay right yeah am i willing to watch this story or do i need to check first if it's validated by someone else saying it was was a good story good enough 
that's yep. also an interesting uh, phenomena. You know? It is. And but that might be even before the internet. For all I know, I. Right. Yeah. So right. with books and things, probably maybe the same. I don't know how it worked back then, but at least it was different in the in the sense that it was an instant. You couldn't instantly get it right. approved or not. Instant you know? gratification. Yeah. Um, but there's probably good yeah. things with that as well. That's, I mean, we get the experiences we need, I guess. So the more we need that, the more we need overload of overload of information to realize. That's not all there is. Uh, <laughs> might be just a good thing to get that experience. Yeah, I mean, I well, well at least uh, circling around the idea of the likes, the you know reviews, the stars. I mean, sometimes it's helpful. You know, sometimes it saves you time to. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're like, okay, uh, uh, the masses are saying this is a one star film. Mm. Um. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying it's all bad. Or not. Yeah. Like, there is no, but I, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of the whole like system that I, mm. I'm excited to throw that out the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there doesn't have to be a certain amount of hearts, you know, you're mm. liking on Instagram mm. in order for me to feel like, oh, this was a good shirt I'm wearing. Like, yeah. I think there has to get to a point, and that's where I definitely feel for younger people that were born into nothing but social media that have been you know, have a phone in their hands since day one. Mm. I feel for them because I don't think we should be that self, um, I guess, aware of people judging us mm. at all times. I think there's a major imbalance there. And I think it is going to create people to be more um, insecure mm. and uh, create more mental issues with how mm. they are viewed in the world. So, mm. I think there is something that needs to happen <laughs> with social media. There needs to be some sort of um, mental health. I don't know. Th is mm. there like a mental health union that can like <laughs> review yeah. and say, um, guess what? You need to limit this to one hour a week. Mm. Something. There needs to be some sort of yeah. data or science, you know, that is evaluating how our mental health is being connected to media mm. because all I know is that, and trust me, so many of my even immediate circle friends are, you know, oh, I've already watched everything on Netflix. I've already mm. binge watched everything. Yeah. And if you're just constantly being fed information of stories that are actually meaningless to you, it's just to be on top and have conversations with your friends. Like, mm. I don't know how that's helping society. Nah. I think we're being distracted too much to... Yeah. Then recognize what's what are the problems you're facing with. Mm. <laughs> like, yes, man, it's like numbing yourself down. Yeah, there's some sort of yeah. mechanism that's being created right now to make us become very lethargic to the world. Mm. And coincidentally, today I um I found out that there was a Holocaust uh res remembrance um, that happened last week and. You know, went right over my head. I didn't get any like news mm. feed clicks about it, mm. but I saw another person post it. And so it made me think of Schindler's List and the little girl in the red coat. Yeah. And that I just remember the first time I ever saw that image, it just affected me so much. It's like it gave character to an issue that everyone else was invisible to. You mm. know, the rest of the world knew 
that the, you know, Hitler was killing millions of Jews, but no one did anything about it till it was like, you know, very well into it. And that symbolism of the little girl in the red coat just gave it meaning. It made it aware. And that's what I posted today. It was just literally visibility, awareness, Mm. and then immortality. Because at some point, that remembrance gave that little girl, like she became immortal in the land of our memories forever. You know, (laughs) I guess as soon as I said that, you Mm. lit up, you knew Mm. exactly who I was talking about. And it's one moment in a movie and yet it lives with all of us forever, you know? So that's where I do take a lot of responsibility as a storyteller to be very careful with what I put in my films and what I think people can, you know, really process mm-hmm. or what is too much. Like what do we what do we already have too much of that you're binge watching and it's feeding into the wrong parts of your brain, yeah. you know? I do take a lot of time to be aware of that because I think that's really important. So what what do you think what is it how you see it people need the most right now? If you look at the collective like a whole evolution of us I think empathy. Yeah. I think that is probably the number one uh, emotion that there is lack of mm-hmm. to be able to see or feel what it's to be in someone else's world and, you know, feel that everyday aspect versus just seeing a character and these are all the different characteristics of them. So then I'm going to judge them because we're all fueled on judgment right now with social Mm. media. And this is why they turned out this way because of all this X, Y, Z versus being in their shoes, knowing their chemical makeup, you know, everyone's different. I can look perfectly well together, but there may be some chemical imbalance of me Mm. that, you know, makes gray skies, not a good day for me. And yet there's just so much information that science has not figured out yet. But as humans, we used to say they were evil or that, oh, that person's crazy or that person's possessed because Mm -hmm. they're acting different. That sugar may give be an allergic reaction for certain people. And we don't know that because, you know, that person's not tested or. So I feel like empathy is so important because it can give you that mental capacity to think, I can't judge this person right now because I've never lived in their shoes. Mm. And that to me is like the most important emotion I feel that humans need to watch. They need a process and they yeah. need to live. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that is what was given to us from all the ancient stories of the heroes in the past. Whether it's Buddha, Jesus, you know, Krishna, we're talking about empathy and understanding what it is to be in a different role in mm. that change. So that's what I think humans need right now the yeah. most. That was a beautiful answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was downloaded. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I think I'm channeling right yeah. now, but, and that's even to say that openly, you know, mm. like, Cheyenne five years ago would have been afraid for me to even use the word channeling, you know, because that word was connected to things of unknown misunderstanding and fear. But I recognize that when there is a stream of thought that is coming just so fluently and effortless, Mm -hmm. 
there is a higher power that is present and is fueling the love, you know, to be able to communicate and share and commune Mm. with you Mm. because that's, that's real to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And And I'm just not afraid to say it anymore. (laughs) And that's good. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, Comes to mind also with, with this podcast as well. Like, like I mentioned, uh, me and my friend Ulf has done over a hundred Norwegian episodes. Wow. Uh, and it used to be a scary thing to like, because I, my background is, you know, coming from a shy place, not believing anything I would say would make sense to anyone else or be important enough to listen to or all these stories, you know, but also having the experience really from way back that's when i just tap into the truth or tap into that presence that then things are coming true like totally effortlessly and i can be even be amazed myself you know like right. wow this was really good you know <laughs> uh so it just reminded me of that as well that when you show up things are gonna the truth is gonna be be there yeah in, it's in gonna be even better yeah. than you expected yeah exactly and i think that's that is part of what it is to be human. Mm. I think that question is trusting, yeah. trusting the path, trusting the journey, mm. um, because too many people are seeking perfection, yeah. and we <laughs> we yeah. are human, and that's why mm. we exist because we are imperfect. Yeah. And um, you know, I get absolutely in awe of um plant life i was sharing with you nature Mm. just because it's programmed they the the flowers know when it's summer when it's winter they re are reborn it's a beautiful Mm. cycle to watch and observe and that's perfection Mm. you know when you can consistently and observe the same thing over and over and humans don't have that That, and I think there's something special about imperfection. Yeah. And that's why we should, you know, indulge in in recognizing when these imperfect moments happen, that's real living, you know? Like, this is when real life is happening and it didn't, it wasn't how you planned it, mm. but that's when you can have those moments like, wow, if I don't put expectation on this, yeah. then this I, is even better than yeah, I ever imagined. Then- then you're kind of part of the whole mechanism so it can really blossom instead of you trying to limit it to something you can control. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's, yeah, I, I remember when I started realizing that, how shocked I was in a way that because I've been trying my whole life to control everything <laughs> and then starting to get small experiences of, okay, every time I let go of that, life can take care of itself. You know, life, right. Or, Life is taking care of me in a better way than I could myself. Absolutely. So, yeah. We're living in it. We're living yeah. in this like biodome, mm. uh, an organism. Like, and that's where I feel between human and human, you know, or maybe the person listening to this, uh, you know, when it's out, like you're connecting with us right now. Yeah. You're a part of this time and space. And we're all part of this large web of mm. life. We're all interconnected. And that, it's constantly proven to me. Yeah. And it's like, I had this metaphor today in another conversation. It's like, you're so worried. If you're, if you, if you're putting together a puzzle, you know? Yeah. And you are one of the puzzle pieces. 
you're so worried that you're going to fit into the right puzzle, your right position, that you try to figure out how you can be the right puzzle piece to fit in. Right. But that's the only way we can fit in because you're trying to, you know, be something. Right. And then when you let go of the whole thing, then you fit in perfectly because you're part of the picture. Yes. Yeah. And that, that I think that's another big deal for everyone is to learn the words let go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just constantly been letting go is probably the scariest part of shifting. Yeah. It's just letting go of all expectations. But once you, you've you done it a couple of times, it's almost like the beginning of being on top of a water slide. Mm. You know, <laughs> it gets exciting. Yeah. You're like, I'm letting go. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And then there's this glee that comes over you mm. and other people don't understand it. They're looking at you like, you just lost your job, you know, mm. <laughs> or you just lost an investor or yeah. how can you be so excited? You had millions yesterday, you have none today, you know, but it's like you get to this point of recognizing that we're in this like this biodome, mm. this matrix and anything can happen or, you know, yeah. like I just watched this really cool um, YouTube of Will Smith mm. and he was up for the role for Neo in mm. the matrix. Yeah. And he was sharing how, you know, when it was pitched to him, he didn't understand it. He couldn't connect to it. Mm. He's like, what if, he's like, let's all think about this idea. What if I would have got the role? He's like, I might have screwed up the matrix. Mm. Like, I thought that was <laughs> such a humble yeah. and yet an wow. epiphany. Like, you're right. Like, you think you're you're being set up for this most amazing journey, but maybe that wasn't your journey to start, you know? Mm. And someone that's meant for that is going to be able to really yeah. show us what that's about, you know? Yeah. And that's where Makes I love so that. Yeah. It, it's, it really puts things in perspective. And mm. then I, I release expectation and I say, mm. whatever or however the universe is going to put me to work in whatever criteria or mm. way I'm yeah. going to be used, it's going to be for my highest good. Yeah. And that and, just lets me let go of everything. And then you can actually come to a place where you are enjoying your your place, you know? Yes. Instead of trying to, to play some role that isn't yours to play. Exactly. Yeah. See? And that's where I, you know, mm. when I saw that Will Smith YouTube, I was like, wow. Yeah. I wow. loved it when he's like, I could have screwed up the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, amazing. Yeah. Something that came to my mind when we talked about empathy, it's like, because it is something I've been struggling with in my journey lately, realizing the other kind of the dark side of it, not necessarily the dark side, but the, right. the shadow side of it, of yes. of caring too much or not understanding how you take on other people's stuff, you know? I I keep confusing empathy and this other word people use. Um, Compassion? No. Yeah, never mind. I'm probably going to reach in word. <laughs> it'll it'll come yeah. later. Yeah. It's just like I, I've realized this, that a breakthrough that I just went through last week, actually, has been this realization of coming to a new kind of plateau in my life where I feel so much more freer than I was before. And I came from this social phobia background, you know, uh, being okay to be in every kind of conversation, uh, feeling okay with not having anything to say, like going through all these barriers of, of feeling more free. Yeah. 
but still experiencing coming to a point where I very often kind of got paralyzed in not having anything to say right. and, and making a story about it. But it just was that I wasn't interested yeah. um, <laughs> in those people because I talked right. about ordinary stuff or yeah. Yeah, things I thought about boring or whatever, daily life stuff and yeah. all this stuff. And then and that has been okay, but it's also been to to an extent frustrating over the last few, I don't know, couple of years or something. Yeah. And realizing this shift that happened now is that that I actually came to a new level. Then I saw this clearly that what had actually been happening is that since I still had some insecurity on some level, when I came to that place where I didn't know what to say or didn't know how to take the lead or how to... to um, Transition. Yeah. Then I what I rather did in that vacuum was to take on the other people's fears and emotions. Mm. You know? mm. So I just think it's interesting that that I see now how, yeah, the empathy can become something that kind of drowns you as well. If right. You, if you don't know how to, to... To let go. Yeah. Yeah, to let go. <laughs> or have, yeah. have boundaries. Yeah. Um, that, to me, is very important as well. Boundaries are very big for me, especially mm. when it comes to creating because collaboration is a beautiful thing, mm. but yet there is um, sometimes too much overlap. You know, where if you don't set boundaries, then, you know, people want more and more and more and more. Yeah, I know that experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I think the empathy um, emotion can be taken advantage of, hmm. you know. So that's where I think when it comes to empathy, empathy needs, like I said, needs to be lived. It needs to be explored. But you need to set boundaries so that you're not taken for hmm. granted, you yeah. know. Um, but that's that comes with everything else. I think everyone needs to explore their boundaries mm. more often um, because, you know, we're in a, a taker's world, you know, it's very rare. And I think more introverted people, you know, have more empathy than others, but yeah. we're, we're being programmed to be forced to be extroverts, like on social media mm. and take, 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 you it's know, true. no one's giving anymore. No one's coming from that place of, compassion that they just do things because they literally want to hear you they you know it's it's always what is it in for me like what 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 am i going to get out of it mm. um what reward do i get at the end of it you know is mm. there a cash prize yeah <laughs> you know and that's where it's hard and that's why you have to set those boundaries to make sure that people know exactly where you're coming from exactly what's expected and mm. what you can give sometimes you can't give there are certain days you're yeah. drained and you that's when you need to listen to your body and rest you know that's so true and that's where as much as a creative that i am i feel like creatives are naturally collaborative we love to be around other people you know and even if you're not extroverted you want to listen to other people and that's where you can be taken advantage as a giver you mm. know yeah because we do we give a lot to the world yeah. and um that's something I had to learn very early on and yet I'm human. So <laughs> I have definitely been taken advantage a few times too many, but um, I've learned and now it's, it's very clear. And yeah. that's why I love being at this place I'm in right now because it's so clear. I see my path. I know exactly the steps I need to take and just wait for that alignment. You mm. know, the alignment of the right people 
mm. that are, and I really do feel when it comes to storytelling that you need that alignment, you yeah. know, the right people come into place, the right, everyone that's supposed to be part of that working machine, you know, mm. comes in and then you make a baby together. Mm. <laughs> it's like, this is the creation, you know, and this is going to live even beyond us. Yeah. And that's what, that's what brings me joy mm. is seeing how to, you know, pull out the best of people and, you know, work as a unit and really paint this vision that the world needs. Mm. Like that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I, I liked yeah. your idea too about, um, I think something else people need to also come into terms with themselves is not saying anything. Sometimes there is time. Yeah. Where it's okay. Like yeah, that's, that's been a huge realization, you know, that because I, I, I grew up in that idea that and I, like the whole extrovert thing, you know, like the more I can say, the right. more popular or accepted I would be, you know, right. the more smart or the more social, the more all these ideas about how I should be. And just coming through that place where I realize it doesn't really matter. Like people still seems to like me, even though I say nothing sometimes. <laughs> and that's okay. And even just, and, and from that, I also experience people saying that, thank you for just being here, you know, like, um, so there's many, there's many realizations I've had after being okay with that. Uh, so, so yeah. And also when it's like, I'm probably a person like that and has probably always been like that, uh, that I, unless I have something to say, I don't say anything. Mm -hmm. uh, the only difference now is that I, I don't have stories in that sense that it's wrong to be like that, you know? Yeah. Um, well, there's um, a great book called The Four Agreements mm -hmm. by Don Miguel yeah. Ruiz. Have you I'm heard of it? I'm actually reading it right now. Ah! In <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one of the uh, agreements is be impeccable yeah. with your word. And the first one, I think, or second? I think yeah. it is the yeah. first one. And I think that is mm. very um, important. Yeah. And, you know, only speak from a place of truth. Mm. And how simple is that? Yeah. You know, and I think right. that's what's missing from the world as well is, you know, because of social media, everyone feels like they need to post something every day mm. or they need to say something every day. And you yeah. let everyone know that you're, you're here, you're visible. Yeah. But really it's about doing you know it's about living your truth and some days like i said you need a rest some days you mm. don't need to say you need to find silence you mm. know like seeking in your contentment to find peace within yourself is yeah. so important you know and just like you know there's a whole season for the nature world of mm. like winter to mm. be dormant like how many days do we give ourselves as humans? <laughs> they say, you know, we work five days a week. Mm. So we get two days of rest. Like, mm. and you know, that really doesn't happen. Yeah. Like we're just constantly going and going. And so it doesn't surprise me why we have so much turmoil or why there's, you know, at least in America, we're having like shootings every day, you know, mm. and there's social unrest because we don't know how to find peace anymore. Yeah. And that's, how are we going to learn that? You know, if, if most of these people, at least from speaking from my culture, like it's not taught to us how to mm. be still, mm. how
how to be in silent, how to find peace. Like, you know, they say, go to Sunday, go to this building church where Mm. there's tons of people and everyone's noisy and we make more noise and we we pray for peace. We pray for silence, but you only get two minutes or less Mm. for that prayer. However, the preacher, as long as he's praying, Mm. that's your silence. And it's still not silent because you have someone telling you what you should be grateful for. Yeah. So true. <laughs> <laughs> so why America, mm. you know, things need to change. And it's not just America. I'm sure there's mm. yeah, other countries yeah. facing their own battles. But I mean, I just see this as the good thing about social media, the good thing about internet's blogs, podcasts, films mm. is to show a different way. Mm. Well, it's like, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Let's demonstrate yeah, let's yeah, share our story. Share, yeah. Like that's why I, I think it's so important to tell stories, to share your own story, and just be real. You mm. know, like yeah, today you know I woke up and I didn't feel like you know being a part of this today. You know, like or you know we heard a friend earlier say he can't wait till he, he, death. You know, he can't yeah. wait. Like that's. That's important to hear. Like, we Mm. all know he doesn't want to die. But just to have that visual acknowledgement of him leaving, like, he, with joy, you know, because everyone's so afraid to die. Yeah. Like, that is a beautiful memory I have now of, like, he's at peace Mm. with his life. You Mm. know, he has no regrets. Mm. And that's what we need to see more. We need to focus more on the afterlife in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> Not you're going to these two areas that are floating <laughs> above us, heaven or hell, pick mm. a pick mm. a banquet room. It's like yeah. <laughs> this is so silly. Like <laughs> yeah. let's focus on, you know, what is the transition? What is peace? What is what is saying I have done my job today? Mm. You know? Like I've lived today and if I never see it tomorrow, I'm at peace. Like that, that's, that's real talk, you know? And that makes you say every day, uh, I'm not looking forward to seeing what Kim Kardashian has on today. You know, mm. (laughs) like, you know, what, what is the next summer trend? Why don't I have abs? Like all these like vain things that we think about all the time and it's being pushed on us. That's what is sad. It's like feeding us every day. And you're like, oh, I wonder why I'm insecure. It's like. Yeah. And oh, also yeah. like all these things that you shouldn't think about. Like like when you talk about death, like one in one of my hard, hard, you know, darkest times, you know, being allowed to consider death as an option, asking the questions. Not yeah. like I, not yeah. like. I don't think I really have been in a place where I really consider, you know, suicide or something like that. But the the value of considering it and exploring that part of my mind just to get to know what's there, you know? Yeah. So I don't need to fear that place. Right. Uh, that's been so serving. And I think there's there are probably tons of other f- stuff just like that that we are told not to discover or not right. to look into, you know? Because... Because it's evil or it's a sin or these made up words. And there's something um, really important there that we're like barely Mm. touching on. And that's for other generations telling us what it is to have a human experience. Mm. And that's where it circles back. It's 
I mean, whoever wrote these books before and how it's been translated so many times to tell us what is the right way, the wrong way of living, you know, we're human. This is all an experience. So for me, what is love is going to be different for what you is Mm. love and hate is different for me compared to someone else. Mm. So how can we say that these words are the only truth, you know? And so that's where it hurts me to see so many people that are going through pain right now or or are in a very dark phase of their life to recognize we all think these things. Mm. Even the person you think that is the most happiest person alive has had the darkest things probably done to them. Mm. And that's why they fill their life with gratitude. That's why they live for the day. Mm. You know, it's this is normal. This is the human experience. It is. So that's where I just, you know, I constantly, I I get caught up too much in like thinking <laughs> about, you know, what is that next thing? You know, like how, mm-hmm. how can I help people see it? And at the end of the day, it's the people around me, you know, how mm-hmm. do I make them feel loved today? How do I make them feel supported? And it's, you know, no social media meme or anything else is going to make them feel that way versus another human saying, you know, I love you. And I had a beautiful day with you today. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like that's real. That's and that's real. a beautiful like moment. And what is beauty? You know what I mean? Like what is this, these words that we just kind of, they're, they're actually, they're visual, you know? Mm. So you do have to be impeccable with your word because this impacts people, you know? Yeah. It's a frequency that goes yeah. through us, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love how in the book, I think you use this like, term black magic or something. If you spread like bullshit, you're spreading oh, black magic. Absolutely. You're yeah. putting spells on people every day. Yeah. If you're negative and you're constantly, you know, not thinking about other people and trying to control other people, it is. You're putting a spell on them and I totally get it. Mm. I I definitely had my own reflections of things that maybe aren't even like quote unquote bad, you know, but just like not feeling, you know, oh, why doesn't this person act this way for me? You know, Mm. Mm. like then I realized, oh, I'm doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me pull this back a little Mm. bit, you know, and that's what at the end of the day, it's all about the reaction, you Mm. know. So if you want a good reaction, then A, you bring in your empathy, Mm. right? Then you be impeccable with your word. (laughs) And then your reaction will happen. Your your communal experience with that other person that's in your world, you will create that reaction and that Mm. will determine, you know, how you'll do tomorrow and do it all over again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we are an interesting time. And I think, I hope because of the internet, we have access to every philosophy book possible that we just continue to learn. We continue to put ourselves in different cultures. We continue to absorb, learn symbols from other people, the way Mm. they've communicated in the past. Mm. And how is that going to move us into the future? You know, how are we going to be the heroes of our world? So I think that's, that's at least where I'm heading. (laughs) That's, uh, that's beautiful. Thanks. I think that's a good wrap up of the. Yeah, I I, I hope that yeah. whoever hears this, you know, could just take that, 
take that time and see how, you know, how they are and where their heart is. And they Mm -hmm. can just really be honest with themselves of what they really need right now Mm -hmm. in this human experience. And, you know, find it. No matter how far you have to go, find it. Find it. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's good to have you on the show. Yeah, Yeah. thank you for giving me this time, sharing this time with me. You've been listening to the Infinite Podcast with Ulf Tundavriti and me, Eistein Rabbe. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify. And um, yeah, or on Facebook or... Yeah, follow us on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and also, we've now made a Patreon account. Yes. So if you like this podcast and uh, would like to support us, go to Patreon and check out our Infinite Podcast site there. Um, your support would yeah, well, we would really it appreciate possible it. possible for us to, to make more podcasts. It takes a lot of time. We enjoy it so much to do it. Uh, but we also have, you know, regular jobs to pay the bills and our dream is to be able to do this full time yeah and, this uh, this is our full time this can be our full time baby job. steps uh, yeah. towards that dream and we want to make more episodes and uh, continue to share it with you so that would be great actually I realized when we talk about it we haven't even explained what Patreon actually is so we'll yeah it's like a s- support site where you can um, support uh, a a uh, well, a business or a artist or an artist or whatever um, that makes something with the um, I guess like monthly um, donations could yeah. be like from a dollar and upwards yeah right so a- a- anything would be would be great we would be so thankful and Absolutely. and you would be thankful because we're doing yeah. this for you yeah and it actually gives it's um, it's a good feeling sometimes to actually help the things you care about so if you're listening to uh, to us and you you care <laughs> care about us <laughs> but i mean i mean seriously it, it's it's uh it's a good thing to to contribute to things that 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 matters to you so yeah, that will help not them grow. asking you to to uh to pace unless you actually want to see this podcast uh grow and and uh, yeah unfold into to what it's about to become Infinite greatness. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, thank you.